This is a Kirkendall Barrett presentation, darling. <laughs> Dad is dead. There is a dog. You bought strawberries. <laughs> Who do you think you are? You buy homemade bread? What are you, QAnon? What makes him happy? Uh, Not being in this movie? Not being in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> a lifetime of Hallmark. Well, hello, everybody. It is your favorite day of the week. It is time for another episode of A Lifetime of Hallmark, where we talk about your favorite movies on both Lifetime and the Hallmark Channel and try to make sense of them. I am Les Kirkendall Barrett. Hello, Jason Bowers. Hello, ASMR Les Kirkendall Barrett. (laughs) And hello, Kurt Fitzpatrick. Hello, Les Kirkendall Barrett, and hello, Jason Bowers. Let's all put on our FM radio yes. late night voices like Les has. <laughs> now, I'm, I, the reason the reason why I'm sounding very breathy today and whispery is because I am actually in Dublin, Ireland at the moment, where it is almost two thirty in the morning, and I'm staying at a friend's house. So I don't want to be as loud as I normally am because I don't want to wake my hosts up. In the next room so i'm being extra cautious and yeah yeah uh, it's it's crazy that i'm like a million hours ahead of you guys how how are you enjoying dublin less i am loving dublin i'm loving the irish men i'm you know my show's going well i'm loving the irish men I'm loving the Irish men. So it's good. What's the difference? You know, I'm part Irish, so I, I take this as a high compliment. But what what's the difference between the Irish men and the American men? An accent. Well, well the accent. A, the accent. Oh, it's and, that. Yeah. And B, good-looking guys who don't realize that they're more good-looking than they actually think they are. And so it, it, it it's a whole attitude thing, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But they're yeah, gonna so, look they're gonna look like hell in a few years, though. Well, you know, get them while they're good. Okay, that's what I say. <laughs> yeah, he's not saying that that long. Um, I guess John doesn't listen to this podcast. We that's official now. Um, oh please, you're a sucker John. for accents. Oh, women, a lot of women have that issue as well. Like I was. I was, as I'm here in Ireland for business, John was in Atlanta for business. So, you know, he's the getting, opposite. He's getting Southern accents. Mm-hmm. And there's some cute boys in Atlanta. And yeah, they call it Chocolate City for a reason. <laughs> oh boy. I learn a lot on the show. So you're, you're both like kids in candy stores, really, right now. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty okay. much. This works out well then. Pretty much. He's back. He's back in L.A., though. I'm here for another two weeks. Well, oh, so, wow. so there you go. Look for your pot of gold. Right. Right. Taste the rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we have a lot to get into because there is our, our friend Black China has been going through things. Kurt. Is there any Black China news? Doing a piece of China. 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 I'm talking China. Black China Report. Here's Kurt Fitzpatrick. Yes, there's huge news. Um, This is from um, AP News uh, from Los Angeles. A jury on Monday 
gave a sweeping win to the Kardashian family and former reality TV star Black China's lawsuit against them. The Los Angeles jury found that none of the members defamed China, nor did any interfere with her contract by convincing the E! Network to cancel her reality show, Rob and China. The four Kardashian defendants, Kim, Chris, Chloe, Kylie, attended nearly the entire trial. But when the verdict was read, all were in New York at the Met Gala, where this year's theme was guilted glamour. I don't know what that has to do with this, but it, there it is. Uh, China was in court for the verdict. She had no visible reaction. After about 10 hours, I don't think she could move her face at this point. But anyway, after about 10 hours of deliberations, the, the, the jurors decided on the long jury forum that the Kardashians often acted in bad faith, um, finding, finding that they were not justified in telling the executives and producers of Rob and China that China abused their son and brother Rob Kardashian. But they found that it had no substantial effect on China's contract or the fate of the show, and she was awarded no damages. Executives from the E! Network, which aired the show, testified that Rob and China ended because the relationship ended, not because of the defendant's actions. Okay, so uh, Kardashian attorney Michael G. Rhodes said the family was exuberant, you're very pleased. And he said, I hope they enjoy that gala in New York. And uh, But what's interesting is they, there's a new take on the situation with the poll. Yeah. So let me see where that is. Yeah, okay. So the trial focused largely on allegations that China violently attacked her then-fiancé and reality t- uh, co-star Rob Kardashian on a night and morning in December 2016. He testified that she twice held a gun to his head, wrapped the phone... I don't think we heard that before. Wrapped a phone-charging cord around his neck and beat him with a metal rod... Uh, she testified that she had put the cord around his neck and held the gun playfully So as the two celebrated the renewal of their reality show. And when the celebration turned into a dispute, she was never violent against it. So it was a celebration that, and luckily the celebration, they were doing things that violent people usually do. So it became violent. They didn't really have to change their actions. So that's, yeah. What I so found that's wild a, about yeah. that description, first of all, I didn't know that this incident went down on a night when they were celebrating a season two of the show that then went went on to not have a season two because of this party i'd never heard that before and i also had not heard about the gun we keep talking about how every time we hear this story it gets more violent we didn't hear about the gun and also something you didn't mention but i saw somewhere that in court there was a back and forth between both sides over whether or not the the metal whatever it was should be called a rod or a pole one side wanted it to be called a rod the other side wanted it to become a pole so clearly one of the sides thought that it sounded more dramatic and violent if it was called one thing over the other right well but the thing is though i think a gun trumps a metal pole yeah and she pulled it on him twice yes I'm looking for the pole thing. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. No, because I was just gonna say, you know, how do you how do you pull a gun on someone and just say, "Just kidding," you know? Yeah. But (laughs) I was told. Okay, I was told she put a gun to his head and she was drinking. I can't imagine how that she how that must have felt to have a gun put in your head. Jenner said. I guess it's Chris. Chris Jenner. Kylie Jenner. So, so, and yeah, wasn't it also alleged that Black there. China was doing uh, harder substances besides alcohol that night, too? I, th- I think I saw, and, and I well, might be wrong about this, so if I am, I, I'll retract. But uh, I thought I saw something about cocaine as well. Oh, I didn't see that. But I'm looking at the, you, you, also, you sent me this article, this Deadline article. So I'm looking at that as well. Yeah. 
and let's was, just let's yeah. just say alleged cocaine, just in case. Yes, I didn't see that, but and as I said, um, I I may be uh, misremembering that information. So, but I thought that I saw something about that because this story has grown more yeah, and more yeah. and more every time we read it. It was some it celebration. Was, it was even on the news here in Ireland. Yeah. So well, the, it's because the Kardashians are who they are. Right. But the good news for Black China, if there is like, you know, a blessing in disguise, Black China is now known around the world. So yeah. she could take the ball and run with this, you know. I wonder if in China they know about Black China. Because, you know, there's a lot like in China itself, you know, they, they s- censor a lot of information, but... Maybe because her name is China, she kind of gets gets through the cracks. I don't know. Yeah, that's an idea I haven't f- fully f- formed in my well, head. Also, yeah, what's that joke about? Uh, you know, in Chinese food, they just uh, Chinese food in China, they just call it food. Like, I wonder if there they just call her black. Right. Maybe. Exactly. It's redundant. Exactly. With a C. Yeah. And and by the I, way. I, I, I appreciate that you t- took a swing at that. I was trying to, I was, I was trying to make something work there, and you, you, you gave it a shot too. So, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 by the way, Black China, you are more than welcome to come on this podcast and speak with us as long as you do straight. not bring a metal pole, rod, or gun with you. Right. Yeah. Right. We'll keep it to Zoom just if, in and, case. And you can join our other guest. We have the. Um, We've mentioned before the Pornhub math teacher. He is, I'm in contact with him. I was in contact with him today. He definitely wants to come on. I mean, and not to spill our guests, but we're like kind of bagging some good guests. We haven't actually guests. talked about what we did last. Uh, it's been a few weeks right. since we've done this Oh, yeah, show. I got to hear about this. Uh, so right after we recorded our last episode, uh, Les and I went to go support our friend Meredith Thomas, who is a, a member of the Elks Lodge in Van Nuys. So she did a screening of one of her uh, wrong movies, uh, The Wrong Blind Date. And so uh, we did, I met uh, with Les and his husband, John, and some of their friends, and we walked to the, the red carpet with the step and repeat. And so there's a photo of me in my signature <laughs> lifetime black hoodie. Brooding that, yeah. in front of the step and repeat, and we got to meet a bunch of the stars in the movie. And Les got to meet some soap stars. It was a good night. Yes, <gasps> I met Esther from The Young and the Restless. That was like the highlight of my night. That was like the highlight of my year. And I turned to John and and Jason. I was like, Oh my god, it's Esther from Young and the Restless. And they were like, Who? <laughs> I don't know who it is. We were holding out hope. Walk up to her. Oh, go ahead. You walked up to her and it's like, actually, she introduced herself to me. Hmm. I helped her get popcorn because there was popcorn there and she couldn't figure out the popcorn container and I fixed it for her and she introduced herself to me. And look, Hmm. people say drinks are expensive in L.A., not at the Elks Lodge in Van Nuys. Oh, my. Or Reseda. No. Yeah. It was so inexpensive getting drinks there. Like, wasn't that, like three drinks for under 20 bucks. Three drinks for under 10 bucks. Yeah. It yeah. was $9, wasn't it? 
Yeah, oh, that's right. It was nine dollars. I got a cocktail in New York on Saturday night. That thing cost me sixteen bucks. Well, not at the Elks Lodge. Mm-hmm. Nope. I need to go to the Elks Lodge. But yeah, it was great, and we met. You know, we met a bunch of the actors. They were all very nice, very nice people. Um, and I loved the fact that the meaner the character was on screen, the nicer the person was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and did you guys like introduce yourselves as the hosts, like the co-hosts of the? Meredith. Yeah, yeah. we we got oh, okay. some contact info. Yeah, yeah. Meredith, Meredith actually introduced us around. It was great. And, you know, and she was she was really good at she would come up to us and like, you know, you need to go and meet this person here. So she was really good at like introducing us. In fact, the uh, we met. Uh, oh, gosh, what is his name? He played the wrong blind date. Oh, Matt, Matt. Matt. And he was also in Psycho Storm Chaser, which we loved. Yeah. 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 Matt Pullman, I yeah. believe his name is. Um a very nice guy. And then the woman who was like the disgruntled landlord in the Broadway date. She was great. Gina, she was great too. But yeah, it was it was really cool actually. Yeah. So should we uh, we should probably set up for the audience that Les has not seen this week's lifetime movie. That, that I tried to find it. And I could not find it. And here's the deal. Like streaming services, they're different. There's different content here. And if you try to do the American thing, they bust you. So I tried, but I just couldn't get access to anything. I don't understand why Pretty Little Dead Girl isn't available internationally. I know. I feel like this is the prime content that Dublin wants. Well, but then think about it, though. We have international listeners, mm-hmm. and they're watching the movies somehow. Yeah. Do we have any audience members in Ireland? Jason? I, know we, it, I haven't, I haven't seen anything on the stats lately, but hey, maybe after this one. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. We should also mention this is part of the There Goes the Neighborhood series. <laughs> yeah. This was on uh, LMN. Yeah. <laughs> The names of these series never get old. <laughs> they never do. The There Goes the Neighborhood. There Goes the Neighborhood. Is that really what it was? That's what I wrote down. I think so, yeah. It prob- probably was. Because remember, there, there Goes the Neighborhood had kind of a not a great kind of t- original connotation. Oh, yeah. Oh. oh. Well, you know. Or should I say this, association? Well, this time, oh. though. This time, though, it does have a legitimate, you know, you've got killers moving into your neighborhood. Yeah. Serial killers. So there goes the neighborhood. Yeah, I like that. There goes the neighborhood week. Fear the cheer week. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> the wrong week when you could get the wrong song. I think they were grandmother. Wasn't it was like a grandmother week or something? Like, right. Well, yeah, they, no. they do stuff on Mother's Day. Been. Yeah, I mean, it's it's marketing. I get it. Yeah, yeah. So I cannot wait to hear about this movie. Pretty, well, pretty little dead girl. I first of all, I think it said in the credits it was inspired by true events. What? I have my notes here. Oh no! Was this, is this one of those bonkers movies? Like, is it bonkers? It's well. Like, it wants it. it, it it's not bonkers enough to call it bonkers, but it certainly was insane. 
Okay. Okay. I love I love a sane an insane girl movie. Okay. Well, we have to. We'll, we'll just we have to describe this movie to you now from top okay. to bottom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Feel so free to chime go. in and ask questions, Les. Okay. Okay. So I'm uh, sure I will have several. Pretty little dead girl from LMN. So we open on an LA cityscape. It's at night. It's a typical light, lifetime movie start. There's eerie music, and there's a parking garage, and we see feet walking, and then we see that somebody's car is filling with exhaust that's being fed back into it. So somebody's like hooked up a hose from the exhaust pipe of the car and feeds it into the window of the car. Cut to uh-huh. an EMT is pulling a woman out of the car, laying her on the ground. Uh-huh. Now, I thought this was a little unsettling, Kurt. Did you notice that one of the EMTs was wearing rubber gloves treating this woman? Another was not. No, I didn't notice that. I, I just thought that okay. that was bad continuity. Oh, I guess there was so, a so, bad COVID protocol. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so there was no black hoodie, though? No, because at this point, we haven't met the bad guy. Okay. But I oh, also so there, is, there is no black hoodie in this movie. That's a bad Spoiler. sign. Yeah, no, no black hoodie I, in the worried. movie. I'm worried. Yeah. So we cut to the hospital... And we soon figure out right away that the woman that was pulled from the car, she's dead. She's in the hospital, but she's laying there on a hospital, like, gurney, and she's right next to this other girl. Because they are taking this girl's, uh, Uh one of her organs, and they're putting it in this other person. And the two of them look, and they look a lot alike. Oh, I like that. Okay, I thought they good. were. I think I think I got confused. I thought they were the same. I was very confused because I couldn't tell who was who at first. And w- later, they don't look that much alike. So Ooh, the scene that was Ganger mo- movie. This, okay. No, it's not. That's the thing is it, m- it makes you think that it's going to be that. And it has nothing to do with the fact that these two look alike. Okay, this is worrying me. Yeah. Yeah. And you well, pick you'll see. We'll, we'll, you'll see soon why they looked Similar. I mean, I mean it's it's a, it's okay casting wise that they looked similar, but they didn't need to look similar. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, so the uh, the one who received the heart, the recipient, uh, she wakes up, and then cut to her at home. Her name's uh, Emma. Emma goes downstairs. She's talking to her mom, Sharon, about having this dream about seeing the girl, meaning the girl that she got the the heart from. Uh-huh. And her mom acts kind of weird about it. So uh-huh. um, mom is saying, hey, you know, we, need, we shouldn't be talking about this. Somebody lost their child. We have to respect their privacy because Emma wanted to, like, find this girl. Um, Emma gets up fast. Mom kind of overreacts about it. The dad, Garrett, comes down. He's kind of dorky. Uh-huh. But he's like a yeah. good-looking soap opera guy that they dress dorky. Okay, well, so he was like the hot dad. Like they just put a pair of glasses on him. And he that looked was like it. sweaters. <laughs> he looked like J.J. Abrams. Did you know he looks like a little bit? Yeah, had, yeah. big glasses. Yeah. Um, but so basically, you know, mom is being overprotective. Dad's kind of like, "Hey, you're overreacting." Whatever. 
So right. now we're back at the hospital, and uh, Mom, Sharon, and Emma, they're they are talking to the doctor who's saying, you know, hey, you know, you could do some light activity, like, you know, take it easy, but, you know, nothing too much. And Emma's like, well, can I go back to school? I'm bored. And the doctor says no. <laughs> but, no. but then Emma's like, well, what about if I go back to debate club? Because they really need me. And the doctor's like, okay, but nothing that can raise your heart rate. Of all things to do in school that isn't physical activity, would debate club be something where you would get, like, fired up? That's the worst. That's like you get heated and it's all about arguing. Yeah. I'd like to have that that doctor if I was a kid. Like, cool, I don't have to go to school, but I could just... Go to debate club. Go to debate? That sounds like fun. i just go to school for an hour and fight people? Okay. Right. Yeah. And my heart and my heart. You don't want to get your heart rate up. Yeah. I'd be more concerned about getting out of PE. Yeah. Well, she's out of that. Because, you know, I have my kid will do anything to try to get out of PE. It's yeah. ridiculous. That was me so. back in the day, too. <laughs> we used to go when, when I was in high school, we actually went bowling uh, during PE for like a for like a little period of time we used to do that i was in a bowling club but that was an extracurricular thing that wasn't gym class so no, we would bowl for credit yeah we would yeah we would get on a bus and we'd go to like a bowling alley nearby <laughs> for like 45 minutes whatever and then come back to the school did you did you have to pay for your shoes no i guess not i guess it was it was it was all worked in that's where our government funds are going, folks. I'm okay with that. That's actual physical activity. I, I'm, I'm like uh, where I went to school where the uh, the gym teacher uh, basically shamed me for being fat. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, he's a D-bag. Uh, if, if, yeah, if, if, if you're still around Mr. East, you can suck it. You're an asshole. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Um, so then they get home and there's some teenage boy like hanging out in the yard, throwing a football with the dad, but it wasn't clear until like two scenes later with this kid, if he was her brother or her boyfriend or just some random kid from the neighborhood, uh, turns out it is her boyfriend. Okay. Shirtless. Yeah. No, he was cute though. Okay. Yeah, it was kind of like a boyfriend she may have had since she was a kid or something like that, you know? Okay. Yeah. And then he's, he starts to kiss her. Oh, by the way, when I said before, don't be mean, I was, tell, I was talking to that gym teacher, telling the gym teacher not to be mean. Oh, yeah. Um, but anyway, she starts to – they start to kiss a little, like a really innocent kiss, almost like a brother and sister kiss. And the dad scolds them and says, this is not a brothel. Well, shouldn't <laughs> – now, I haven't been to a brothel before, um, not really, uh, and I, I don't. But I don't think it's a brothel or anything like that. I've not but, been to a brothel. But but no, I have. But wouldn't I mean, you, <laughs> yeah? When I was a teenager in Spain, we used to go a lot. My friends and I. To, uh, <laughs> anyway, shouldn't he be more concerned that his daughter has a heart issue and so getting worked up? might affect that well the mom throughout this movie more than carries the weight in terms of overreacting about emma doing anything to to get too worked up okay 
So, yeah, I, I wouldn't blame the dad here. The dad definitely cares about her, but is not, uh, not overreacting like the mom. Okay, so the mom is just flipping out. Yeah. And so okay. then uh, the next scene we see uh, the mom, Sharon. She's on the phone with Tanya, who is her sister. Who's now, the is mom's Tanya sister. like a sassy? Tanya oh. is bitter as fuck. Oh, okay. she's tweaking out. This is Aunt Tanya. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Aunt Tanya's got problems. Yeah. And so... Emma goes to the dad and she's like, why don't mom and aunt Tanya talk anymore? And it's oh. so a dad kind of hesitates. He's like, well, look, you know, you're a little older now. I can tell you this. Aunt Tanya's never really been stable. Um, you know, Constance, your cousin was in foster care. And this comes uh -huh. as news to Emma, which is weird because the rest of the movie, they make it seem like Emma and Constance were so close throughout their life. So I thought it was okay. weird that Emma didn't know that her cousin that she was close with was in foster care. Yeah, because we didn't well, think the cousin would tell her. And yeah, actually, well, I just questioned something now that I can't believe never came up in the movie. Why the hell wasn't Constance just put in Sharon's care? Exactly. Hmm. I guess Aunt Tanya has some kind of... Uh power over that but one thing i thought was weird and this happens throughout the movie is when these parents are having a conversation that they don't want their daughter to hear i would think they would be talking kind of like less is talking like he doesn't want the you know voices lower these people are like talking so loud they might as well use like a megaphone i mean she she's right upstairs she can hear them you know okay this this movie i'm I, i'm not having high hopes for this <laughs> You would not be wrong. That's where we're at. Um, oh, oh, and then we, as as the dad is telling her this, we also find out that things got so bad between mom and Tanya that mom actually called CPS <gasps> on Tanya, and that's why Constance oh. was in foster care is because the mom called him. Oh shit! Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh child protective services. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. pretty. That's bad. That's pretty bad. Yeah, and, and they're Next. they're alluding to the fact that Constance is no longer alive. Uh, okay. She uh, oh she allegedly died via suicide. Okay, and the way that Tanya's acting, you can kind of get why a kid would be like upset. Yeah, like if if this kid w had an unstable home life with her mom and then was going through foster care, it's not. You know, it, it's it's not unreasonable to think that this kid was not living a good life and just decided to end it. Okay, but that's true. If she's if she's in foster care, couldn't Sharon? Is it? Couldn't Sharon have been like the foster? That's what mother? I said. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, wouldn't that be the, the preferable thing anyway? The fact yes. that Sharon called protective services and they said, oh, you know, I've got a kid in this wonderful huge house with my husband and my daughter, but find her somewhere else to live. I think that's funny now that I didn't think of that earlier. And the thing is, having adopted a child through foster care, they tell you when you first start the process, 
that their goal is to reunify the family. So if a kid is in your care and you want to adopt them, if they have any relatives whatsoever, they go to the relatives. So, yeah. Yeah, that that is odd. So at this point, Emma is online she's trying to search for info about how constance died and more info about that and then uh her friend tina calls and uh because emma was gonna start going back to debate club and emma's like actually instead of going to debate um can you cover for me so emma ditches debate and then just goes to some random house in the suburban woods we find out it's aunt tanya's house and then uh, she knocks on the door, and Aunt Tanya just starts going in on Emma. <laughs> she is strung out. I'd like to know what she was doing before she answered the door, because this woman so, was like... So was it like, so she just opened the door and was like, you bitch, what are you doing here? Like oh, that? no, she was yeah. like tweaking out. She had, I think she has some Diet Coke, you know, not she's Coke, twe- like you Diet think, Coke. You think like she's she was- tweaking on Diet Coke? I think she's tweaking on Diet Coke. There was something because she was really. It was some. It was some. It was a caffeine and slash artificial sweetener high. She was at. No, no question. No yeah. question. Was Aunt Tanya a tweaker, but like a, a lifetime beautiful tweaker, where her hair was just mm. kind of askew, or it was in a I, ponytail? I mm. didn't see her as being a tweaker, even though she was having a tweak adjacent moment i saw her as we're gonna portray her as white trash that can't get her shit together and she's having a tweaker moment because like oh my niece of my sister that i don't like anymore is here to remind me about my dead daughter and also tanya says something to emma as emma's leaving um she says uh that emma stole her little girl's heart Oh, okay. Yeah. But this woman, I mean, she looked like she hadn't slept since the early 90s. Yeah. She was... <laughs> <laughs> Last time she took a nap was during the Gulf War. She was... <laughs> so maybe she's speaking she on Crystal on Pepsi instead. Maybe. I, I, I'm, I'm worried about this woman. Um, anyway, Emma, Emma gets home and uh, – well, first of all, she she gets in trouble because she, like, gets home late and, the, uh, like, the family figures out that she was doing something she wouldn't. So Emma basically just calls out her mom for not telling her about the fact that her her cousin's heart is the heart that's inside of her. So Emma didn't know yeah. that until Tanya told her. Yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah. That's something you may want to know. And then we cut to Emma at a police station talking to some detective trying to get some info. Oh, you know what, though? I'm liking this girl. Oh, you would like Emma because Emma was pretty uh, – she liked to snoop. She liked to go and get info. But she was kind of a dumbass about the way she would do it sometimes. Okay. Like, okay. here's a girl that's still recovering out. from a heart transplant, and she keeps putting herself in all these, like, high-pressure situations – uh, that are like clearly going to set her off and doesn't bring right. anyone with her. Yeah. Okay. She needs a brain transplant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she she's, 
she's with this cop and the cop has given her all this information like okay it's this 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 and then the cop all of a sudden says well who are you <laughs> it's like after, well, why did you ask yeah. that before you give all the information after he gives all the information okay she is so, a woman does she yes <laughs> detective roberts no, no, was it a lifetime cop where they're kind of just lazy? Actually, lazy no, no. This detective uh, actually started doing some digging on her own as the movie oh. goes on. Although was lazy up until this point because there was like a lot of mis- missing information that should have been noticed before this police report was filed. Right. Yeah. Okay. And then, they, and they have a little thing going. They had this. They, they, they had this ongoing thing where she would call to get some information. Yeah. And like they make her say please. She'd be like, "Yes, I like this information. Please, pretty please with sugar on top." Yeah, she they, she ba- like I don't know if the actress did that or the director, but they basically made it like, "Oh, make it seem like you've got a a playful banter with the person in the records department." Oh gosh, no! <laughs> now was the detective like a sexy detective? No, nah, not not like we've seen in the past. Not she was really. an attractive woman, but not not like we normally see with Lifetime. Like this seemed like she could be a competent detective. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because a sexy one could not be competent. Well, okay, that's fair. I, I should re- rephrase what I meant there, but like usually Lifetime casts that role, the detective role, solely based on looks and not based on any acting ability or any sort of weight to what they bring to the table. And, and no, no Lifetime cop is competent. None of them. This one was. <laughs> she was working hard. Yeah, she was working. Okay. We never saw the rest of the police station. We only saw like her little office. Like, you know, they have to do what they have to do. Tiniest cubicle less. And which, like, I, I feel like that on one hand, that's realistic. But it, at, on the other hand, they had another scene with her where they shot it from up above. And it oh, just, it's, like, it was absurd how tiny it looked when filmed from up above. Maybe it was shot in the Elks Lodge. That's one of the things, Kurt, that we learned oh, yeah. when yeah, we yeah. went to. A lot of those movies are shot at the Elks Lodge. <laughs> like, you know how in every Lifetime movie there is a pizza joint and there's like yeah. a bar at the pizza joint? That's all the Elks Lodge. Like, yeah. we were sitting yeah. in the booths that are the pizza joint. Yeah. Did you uh, did you recognize it right away? Or Yeah. Like, yeah. And, it, and, yeah. and as soon as Les said, like, one thing, I started looking around the room. It's like, oh, I know that. I know that. I know that. Yeah, yeah. They use that place. Huh. That's yeah. cool. That's good. Set wasn't Elks? Though. Wasn't it? Was that Elks Lodge used to be like a men's club? Is that what it was like years ago? Probably. I mean, all those were generally men, but they, like uh, we looked it up on the way there actually because I was asking like, what do they do? And it was oh, yeah. uh, they were tied to an insurance company back in the day. And then that that portion of it was dissolved, and now they just do charitable efforts. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, hmm. a, yeah okay. Uh, so, so we are... Uh, oh, so uh, when, when Emma's oh, talking to the detective, and, yeah. and uh, she asked the detective, she's like, just a question here, like, why... When the person called nine one one, why didn't they just pull the woman out of the car instead of like just saying, "Hey, there's someone dying here. You should get over here." Like, it wasn't like the car was on fire. She could have just opened the door. And the detective's well. like, "Huh?" Like, and and then uh, she said something else too. 
about the, uh, the you know, question another thing about the uh, the call. But e- either way, the detective, like, well, her antenna went up when Emma said that. But don't they tell you not, like, if there's accidents and stuff, not to touch the person? I don't know what I would do. I probably would try to, I guess, if I knew what was going on, I, I think I would try to pull somebody out. Rather than calling 911 and saying, somebody is asphyxiated in their vehicle. Yeah, I, I mean, it was obvious that there was a hose running from the exhaust into the car. At the very least, if I were Pull a passerby, I may like try and open the door and turn off the car. Right. Okay. Okay. No, you're you're right. You're right. Um, I don't know. No, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't say this, but I don't know. I don't. I don't know if that would kill somebody anymore. Maybe it would. I know that like putting yourself in a garage, like people would. This is we're really the dark territory, but I think I don't think that works anymore with like, the way cars are now. No, Isn't there some kind of catalytic converter on the car or something? I mean, the carbon like, monoxide is it, it's still there, isn't it? I mean, the 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 stuff coming out of the car is not as bad as it used to be in the seventies, but it's still not right. great for you if you're inhaling it over a long period of time. Know. Nobody do that. Yeah, please don't, yeah, do, don't that. do please, that. Please don't I'm not do saying. that. Yeah. Please, um, get help. So then Emma, Emma seemingly on the longest uh, debate club break uh, ever, uh, she she then goes to some seedy apartment. And she interrogates her. But she finds this hot guy named Seth living there. Now, Seth, did oh. you recognize him, Kurt? We have seen him in a Hallmark movie before. Oh, he's making the transition over to to Lifetime, to meteor, edgier roles. He was no, in uh, Beverly Hills Wedding, but he wasn't the main guy in that. He was so I don't know if you remember that movie from Hallmark, but it was about a, a woman whose sister was getting married, and she wins this dream wedding for her sister in yes. Beverly Hills, but it'll no, look nothing like Beverly Hills because they shot it in Toronto. Um, oh, so yeah. he was the Hold groom up. of the sister in that movie. So I had like five lines in that. Okay, I know exactly yeah. who you're talking about. But, but he looked oh. much better in this movie. Oh, yeah. And so we find out that Seth uh, knows Constance. He talked about Emma all the time. They like I guess Seth and Constance dated for a bit, and then there's like an overly long flashback montage about like when oh. the girls were little, and then Emma invites Seth, this dude she just met at this CD apartment. Hey, let's go check out the condo where the murder happened. <laughs> Yeah, you got to be spontaneous. Yeah. Hey, stranger, why don't you come with me alone? Yeah. And like, and like Harvey Firestein says, if somebody asks you to do something, say yes, or else nothing's going to happen. Well, Oprah says never let them take you to a second location. One of my favorite lines on Thirty Rock ever, and I think Tina Fey has even said this is her favorite line of dialogue, is uh, it was the episode where Carrie Fisher was playing like an old, uh, like famous TV writer that Tina Fey sort of idolized, but had just become this like burnout hippie that like had no money or whatever. And <laughs> Tina Fey's like recanting this story to uh, Jack Donahue, and and like she's like, yeah, and then we went to here, and then we went to her place, and Jack just very sternly looks at her, he's like. 
Never go with a hippie to a second location. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So what did they find in the, the, the apartment? Uh, well, so, the, well, first we cut back to the mom and dad. They're fighting about the agreement to keep the news from Emma. And the dad's like, I didn't agree to that. You just made that decision on your own. Ooh, then, the, and the, the, and the relationship. Yeah, the cute, I guess we now learn he is her boyfriend. He's over there and he's just like rambling on about sports. And the mom's like, hey, I made cookies. So he gets excited about those. And the mom and Emma fight. And then it was like a pointless scene, really. We didn't get a lot so, out of that so, scene. So the boyfriend is annoying. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, what there were cookies, to? Kurt. How do you feel about this? They got very excited about those cookies. They all ran into the kitchen. I would have, too. But she said, uh, and I quote, she doesn't want a stupid cookie. A stupid want that cookie. Stupid co- and then the mom gets offended. She says, I don't deserve that. Well, so maybe she the really mom, took offense. Maybe the mom thinks her cookies are smart. They're now, smart do you know cookies. this boyfriend is sounding stupid? Yeah. Well, I think, like I said, it seemed like a boyfriend she may have had for like a long time, but and yeah. just doesn't have any like romantic connection with. Just as kind of like a yeah, kind he's of kind of there. She does take advantage of him, and we do sort of you know later on we learn she's kind of been over this for a while. Well, because yeah. is she lusting after Seth? Not yet. Okay. In the ground. Well, Seth is kind of, you know, if you look at these two guys, the Seth is the one that the girl's going to go for. Yeah. They're going to go for like that bad boy, edgy, you know. Dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yes. So <laughs> then we cut to Seth and Emma. They go to the condo building and they're outside and they start talking up this uh, a neighbor who's like got her dog with her. And we find out that it's a woman that lived on Constance's floor in this condo building. And so Seth palms the the woman's keys out of her purse. And they go, great. He gets real close to her. He asks asks a question like, this is a really nice neighborhood, huh? Gets really close to her. And then he puts his hand in their purse and pulls out that key. Mm -hmm. Look at him. Theft for snooping. I like that. Yeah. Uh, So then... Uh, they go into the condo and they like they start looking around. They realize, well, Constance was definitely living here, but they're like, but how? Like she's like our age. Where was she getting this money? How? Like this was a, it was a really nice high end downtown LA condo. And so uh, they at, like right as Seth's like picking the lock to get in the door. Because he has the keys to the building, but not to the actual apartment. They get in. Emma starts hyperventilating. Oh, because her heart is her heart. Oh, my this. God. We're doing this. Yeah. We shouldn't be doing <sighs> So they get in. Seth gets her water. And she kind of dodges why she was hyperventilating. So he doesn't know anything about mm-hmm. the heart. He knows nothing about right. that. Okay. And then yeah, she, she, oh. she tells him it's low blood sugar. Well, right. She should have that cookie. Right. That's right. The stupid cookie. Yeah, now who's the stupid one, Emma? Dumbass. Not that cookie. Tell <laughs> <laughs> you that. Kurt's like, see, see, see what, see what you get when you call a cookie stupid. Well, I never have low blood sugar. That's <laughs> 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 never a, a threat for me. <laughs> so as they're looking around this condo, Seth finds this big envelope. But it's addressed to Emma. 
Oh, it's not okay. addressed to Constance, it, and it's they get the impression that Constance has changed her name to Emma Miller, Ooh. and she's gotten her GED. Ooh, okay. And on the note, there's also a note that says "Call me from PH." Okay. So Emma could technically quit school because now she's past her GED. Well, kind of. I guess, but that's not a that does not come into play here. Okay. And in fact, no. to be totally honest, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know that there was any plot reason necessary to say that Constance changed her name. Is there, Kurt? No. In fact, it doesn't I was serve the movie. A little confused by this because it never, yeah, it, it never really resurfaced. So yeah. maybe, maybe. I know, Jason, sometimes you're good at pointing out that maybe this in this draft, maybe in an earlier draft, it had something to do with it. Yeah, I'm but wondering if, draft, if there was a version where there was some possible like identity stealing and that just got written out because it made it long to yeah. too much or something. But there, yeah, in terms of how the movie ended up there, plot wise, there is no reason whatsoever why Constance would have needed to have changed her name to Emma. It doesn't serve the right. movie at all. Yeah, it doesn't okay. make any sense at all. What? Yeah, I thought maybe it had something to do with like she was being set up, so she yeah. so they could you know do the heart transfer, but that didn't really have anything to do with that. Yeah. Hmm. Um. So, Emma's still convinced that Constance Constance didn't live there alone, and then Seth just like storms off for some reason. Emma finds this picture of Constance with some older guy, like a good-looking oh. salt-and-pepper guy. Uh-huh. Um, then she goes and she finds Seth sulking in the other room because he found lots of lingerie. He opens his closet and it's nothing but lingerie <laughs> hanging up. Oh. All on hangers. And Seth is now... Like a, yeah, oh, girl, oh, including like a fluffy, fluffy handcuffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. And so Seth is sulking because he thinks that, oh, this means that Constance was a prostitute. Mm -hmm. And Emma's in denial about it. Seth lays into her for being naive. And then then they show him, like, sitting at the table and that picture of Constance and that older man. Seth's looking at it. He's just, like, slowly, just passive-aggressively pushing it pushing it, pushing it, till it falls off the table and shatters. Ah, like his love for her, it was shattered. Oh, oh, I hadn't thought of it that way. Oh, maybe. Symbolism in a Lifetime movie. Yes. Also, like, why would you make a mess in an apartment where you've got to clean it up because you you don't live there? Right, right, exactly. I guess the dad needs to go there to see what more like a brothel is like. Oh, well, maybe it's you like restaurant. You know, there's all kinds of restaurants. They all look different. Maybe some brothels look very like industrial. Like I bet in Berlin, it's a very like cold, lots of steel. Although if you go to like a, a brothel in, you know, in uh, like an older European city where it's not so shiny and new, it's gonna be very like lots of warm wood tones. Right. Mm. Right. Like, like here in Ireland, frames. it would probably be like in a brick house. Okay. A lot of brick houses here. Brothel in a brick house. Yeah. Mm. Okay. 
So now we're at the police station again, and Detective Roberts is handed paperwork. She starts looking at Constance's file again, and she calls, she makes one of these uh, uncomfortable calls to the records department to get the 911 call and the EMT report because they're both missing from the police report. Uh Um, And then we cut back to Emma and Seth, and Emma's saying to Seth that Constance was not a prostitute. And uh, he says Constance once gave him a thousand bucks to take a locksmithing course. That's how he learned to pick that lock. (laughs) And then something about some giant diamond. It's just like unnecessarily intense scene between the two of them. Um. and Wait, then, so there was a diamond involved? Not in this story. She's t- like basically Seth's trying to lay out the like, hey, at one point when I was with Constance, she gave me this money. I have no idea where she got it because she wasn't working. And then uh, one day she came home and she had this giant diamond. I don't know where she got that either. So like clearly she, she's into shit that we don't know about. Right. That's well, the he, implication. She she pawned the the bracelet, the diamond bracelet for a thousand dollars and then she gave him a thousand dollars oh okay okay yeah so but he now can... he thinks because of that because but now that he yeah, he's put it all together and now he's saying oh she she killed herself she definitely did okay yeah that's what he's saying yeah so then they basically they end up leaving the the condo emma snags that photo though out of the broken frame she takes it and then she's late getting back to debate practice, and she's there, and like her mom's already there, pissed off. <gasps> they and, called her mother. Well, no, because like mom was there to pick her up, and she wasn't there. Oh, okay. Yeah, like her friend Tina was covering for her, but you can only cover if the friend actually ends up showing up. Oh, she's right. in the bath. She- oh, I don't know why she's taking so long in the bathroom. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. She walks in, and there's her mom and Tina. Yeah, it wasn't going well. So did the mom like yell at her? They had a really intense, quiet car ride home. And then in the driveway, they finally have a heart to heart and basically say like, you know, I'm sorry I've been like pushing you away. Mom admits, hey, actually, I ran into Constance about a year ago, right after you were bumped down the donor list. And, and like, you know, I didn't really think anything of it. I just, I knew she was living in that condo, but, um, you know, things weren't going great for her. Basically trying to say like, hey, I'm, I was aware this was going on, but like, you know, we had our own shit going on. Right. Okay. Yeah. Which makes sense. Yeah. And then she cries because they were so distant. I wonder why she got bumped down the list. More needy people. Because they, well, they're, they're like, your blood sugar keeps dropping because you won't eat that right. cookie. Well, eat those stupid cookies. Right. Eat the cookie, you go back up the list. Kurt's on top right now. See? That's right. Kurt, you can get a heart tomorrow. Ooh, I can't give an organ. Uh, I, I'm not allowed. So anybody wants my kidney, can't get it. But you could get you could get one, though, right? I guess, like for my health, because I had a blood cancer, I can't give any organs or give blood. I can't give blood uh-huh. either. What's that? I can't give blood either, and neither can less. Nope. Oh. Nope. Nope. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, 
Well, that's not right. So uh, now we cut to Seth's like trying to call Emma. She keeps blowing him off. And then we get to actual debate practice for once. And Emma walks in and there's a guest speaker at debate club and it's a local lawyer. It's the guy from the photos with Constance. Oh, okay. well, he is the county prosecutor. He's the county prosecutor. Oh, He's there yeah. to speak to the club. So, so she aimed high. She, yeah. So, she like, they, they throw it to Emma to, to ask a question, and she introduces herself immediately, knowing that he's going to recognize the name. She says, Hi, I'm Emma Miller. Because remember, it's Constance changed her name, right. uh, and she and then she questions him on the morality of withholding evidence, and it's like Good a it's, it's like kind of tense. Suicide. He dodges the question that yeah, specifically suicide. He kind of dodges the question, um, and then she rushes out, and so like outside the school, Emma like in very rapid succession dumps the boyfriend. Uh, she, and then she gets in a fight with uh, um, what's her friend's name? Seth. Tina. Tina gets in a, a mini fight with Tina, saying like, "This is all a game. None of this is real life. None of this matters." And then she goes to follow the lawyer. I'm in the Matrix. Yeah. yeah she. Oh yeah. And the boyfriend doesn't really care. They broke up. He's probably like, eh, "This is kind of over anyway." So it happens so rapidly. I like it's made clear later in the movie that he's not sure that it actually happened. Oh, oh yeah. I just so keep hanging out with buddies out there. Yeah. It, it's almost <laughs> like if if you know your husband were waiting outside your door right now, Les, and you just opened the door, oh. leaned your head out, and said, "Hey, John, we're not together anymore," and then closed the door. He'd be like, "Wait, what? What, what the fuck? What?" Oh, that, that it was quick. that quick. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a drive-by kind of. Yeah, I do love though that like she went broke up with someone and then went and had a fight after and was efficient about it. Oh, I mean they were like right next to each other. It was basically like they were standing in line for like speed dating. Yeah. So she's like, so she's like, you you're dumped. You you're an idiot. I gotta go. She made the most of her time. In fairness, though, I think it was a directing choice and actually I think a pretty good one because she was basically trying to rush out of the school to find out where the the prosecutor guy was going. Peter Peter begins with an H because he's he's the uh, the the PH or the RH or whatever that was like on that other. But what about her heart? Her heart is probably beating like a mile a minute. I mean, it always is throughout the movie. Um, no, because no, Debate Club is relaxing, remember? <laughs> yeah. I wonder if you said it's a director's choice. What if the director was up on like a, a, like a high director's chair with like a megaphone? Like, okay, break up the boyfriend. Okay, argue. Okay, yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. He's got like keep 10 going, cameras going. going. He's wasting the movie's speed. entire budget on this oh. one shot. <laughs> it was like the touch of evil uh, opening scene. So what happened next? Um, so then Emma goes over to Seth's place. He's not there. So she leaves and a cop outside the building like rolls up in his car and is like, Mr. Harkin would like a word. And she gets Ooh. into this cop car with this cop she's never met and doesn't even question it. Okay, Emma, I was liking you, but now... She's a dumbass. Dumb. Eat a cookie. That's dumb. 
Yeah. And then the cop just drops her off randomly and then pulls away. She's out in this, this like field. Like, where, where am I? I don't know. Am I? You know better than that. Yeah. Yeah, don't do that. And then we uh, cut, cut to... By the way, Detective Roberts, uh, who they cut back to here. Kurt, do you know who Senator Susan Collins is? She's a no, senator from Maine. She from? She's from Maine. And she's like okay. one of the moderates that kind of holds up a lot of the uh, the Democratic agenda. But she, the uh, Detective Roberts looked like a younger Susan Collins. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll try and pull photos for you after this show and I'll send them to you. Um, but anyway, she's like on the phone in her tiny, 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 tiny cubicle fighting with the higher ups because she's not being given access to these files that should already be included in this police report, which now seems sealed. Uh-huh. And we cut back to the random field and it Harkin, it's, it's the, uh, the lawyer guy. So he's the one that beckoned her there. And they have like this weird dance of words that doesn't really say anything, but then he threatens Emma, but then offers to give her a ride home. She's like, no, thanks. I'll walk. Well, she shouldn't have gone there in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I'm I'm weird about getting in the the police car with this person that doesn't that I don't know that came here on your behalf. But now you're offering me to drive me to my home, and I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. Right. Now, is this part of the, the parents are panicking and not I yet? Guess rightfully so. Then we cut Enough. back to uh, Detective Susan Collins checking out Constance's apartment. She's in there now. She's in the dark. And she finds a little piece of broken glass because dumbass Seth had to be dramatic and push it off the desk. Right. So she thinks that's a clue. Well, she's oh, got well. a fingerprint now. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Isn't, so, there a, isn't there a drink called a Tom Collins? There is. Yes. It's like that's an old person's drink. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the one? I think there might. Is there a, a, an onion in that? I think he has something else. Is there? What's the, mart- any, what's the martini? martini yeah, what's the onion in a martini? That's called something. Is it a gimlet? Gim- that's a gimlet. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, gimlet. Yeah. I went to bartending school years ago, so I just remember. I never worked as a bartender, but I just remember these. The gimlet. Um. So now is when the mom and dad are freaking out, Kurt. Okay. You want to talk about that? They were freaking out, man. Now they were, yeah, they were just panicking as like parents should, I guess. Well, because they, they, they're literally like the mom is on the phone with the police because Emma is now four hours late getting home. So like how fucking far away was it that Emma had to walk and it took her four hours to get home? Wow. You could take a bus. Right? I know in LA you guys don't like to take buses. You could have Ubered. The into it. Yeah. Ubered. That dad is kind of goofy he 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 needs to make himself more important you know more vital because he looks like the kind of dad that if she just if if his wife dies if his wife threw him out of the house it probably wouldn't make much of a difference and 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 why are they calling lifetime cops after four hours lifetime cops are the type of cops that oh yeah there was a murderer that we didn't catch stay in your house by yourself well, these people don't know that a lifetime cop is back up. They, they only know the cops they know. Right, okay. They, they don't know that they don't know. <laughs> I think um, I know how to describe it. 
And the mom wasn't the mom the, also blaming Tanya when she was calling the cops and wasn't she pointing the finger at her sister? Oh man, that's a cheap shot. Yeah, that was shitty. enough problems. Yeah. Damn. Then we're back in the apartment with uh Detective Susan Collins. She finds the the closet full of lingerie. She finds another photo with Constance and the lawyer. Doesn't even really like that doesn't clock for her for some reason. Um, but yeah, I, so when Emma I is home, out, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I, I figured out how do I, uh, how to articulate how I feel about how the, the role the dad had in this. The dad is kind of like a dog. You, know, <laughs> you have a dog in your family and you love the dog and the dog uh-huh. dies. So you're sad for a while, but the household moves on, you know, perfectly fine without the dog. Okay. So that's what the dad's like. Yeah. A dead dog. Yeah. 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 He's like a dog. <laughs> it, I will say I we say this about a real person. We're talking about a you know a, a, Not a, a, that you know. it should define any character in any movie or any human for that matter, but like we never find out what the dad does for a living. They have this really nice house. Um I don't know if it's, you know, dad's money, mom's money, their money together, and we don't know if either one of them works. It's ne- like they're Adult life outside of being a parent is never discussed. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It's not my fault that you know I I conjure this image of him having the role of the dog. This is the way it's presented to me. A dead dog. <laughs> I would say that he holds down the role of getting excited about Sharon's cookies because clearly Emma is not. Right. Yeah. I don't know if what I'm saying sounds horrible or it sounds like a a decent observation. I don't know. No, I see what you're saying. Yeah, you you get it. Yeah, so. for sure. Uh, so uh, then what happened next? So Emma's home. No, it's four hours pets. late and, and she's cold and she's freaking out because she thinks Constance was murdered. And then she convulses on the floor and they rush her well, to the hospital. Because this is not good for yeah. her heart. No. No. None of this is. Except the cookie. Um, at the hospital, Emma wakes up. She finds her locket with Constance and her in it. She's trying to talk Aww. to her mom about Constance, but mom is shutting it down again. So the Emma texts Seth. And they get home. Uh, mom and dad are trying to figure out where Emma would have gotten such an idea that Constance was murdered. Emma tries to leave because she's feeling better now. She's like, I'm going to go hang out with Tina. And the mom's like, you're grounded. Right. Like, no, you're not. Yeah. You're going to go hang out in your room. Yeah. Like, you, you just, like, ran away for four hours and we had to take you to the hospital, dumbass. Like, stay home. Right. So that she, this is the best part of the movie, in my opinion, Kurt. And you might agree with me, too. So, okay. Emma then decides, okay, I have a way of getting out of this house. I'm going to have... <laughs> my ex-boyfriend come get me out of the window. Uh, So she calls Mark. So Mark like climbs in her window, which, you know, we've seen that in a million movies and shows, not just lifetime. Um, He comes over basically to be a doormat for Emma. Good. Good for her. So then they climb out of the window and we realize that he's gotten in there because she's on the second floor at the front of the house, and he's got one of those giant ladders propped up against the window. How the 
fuck did the parents not see anyone climbing up that ladder? Okay, he's an idiot. First that was bizarre. Yeah. And then... And what did he do? Walk down the street with this huge well, ladder? So then they, exactly. Like, where'd he get it? So how do they not hear him, like, setting this ladder up? Did no one see... Because it's in the front yard, so it's probably going over the living room window to get to her window. Well, <laughs> and isn't well they it, rent those at Home Depot. Maybe. But, but isn't it when you're it's climbing down the ladder, doesn't it go like boom, 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 boom? It makes, like, a loud noise. Yes, yes. And it, like, rattles against the house. You can hear it, like... You can hear the, like that whole thing. And so, so then she, they get off the ladder and she's like, all right, well, I'm going to go, like, I'm going to go check this stuff out. See ya. And Mark's like, wait, wait, what? Like, yeah, I'm not going with you. I thought I was taking no. you somewhere. He basically, she used no. him to get her out of the house. And he's like, wait, are we still together? And she's like, no, we're not. We're done. Well, yeah, okay. So that really sucks. So that, I got yeah. to respect her for that. But they leave the ladder on the window and they both leave. Ugh, well, okay, she leaves. See, I, I, she keeps on like disappointing me because I, then I have respect for her and then she does another stupid thing. Yeah. Well, she's getting away with it. And she kind of starts giving her the speech, like the breakup speech, like, you're a great guy. Now, and then she's like, wait, I don't have time for this. I have to go. I would have been irate at that point watching this movie. That's uh, just sloppy snoopiness. Well, also, like, if you're going to have a giant ladder like that up against the house, then, like, you know, put a coat of paint on while you're up there. Yeah, yeah I would have been irate. Been, yeah. And this guy's really strung along, too, because they're like, the last time he climbed up there, they went out to see, like, uh, live music or something. Well, God forbid I, he goes up there and she, like, wait, so he's done this? Make he's out done this him. more than once? Yeah. So, yeah, but they snuck out to see like a show or something. When do yeah. we make out? This actually yeah. justifies something you asked though, Kurt, because you were asking like you know when the parents are having these conversations about Emma, and she's not in the room. Like they're saying it at full volume. Maybe the parents are hard of hearing. Maybe. Maybe they can, they don't know that they're speaking in normal tone, so Emma could hear because they can't hear a ladder banging against their house while they are and in it. Right, and the fact that it it's happened more than once, that's a problem. Yeah. That they're not hearing this. You gotta be careful with that. Because, like, my my dad's hard of hearing, but my mom's not. So I'll get used to saying stuff. That, <laughs> my dad's like, oh, great, dad. Something like that, you know. You won't hear it. But then I'll, I'll forget my mom can hear it. She's like, what's that? I was like, oh. So you gotta have, you know, you gotta feel out the situation there. Yeah. So I'm to find out when the first heart transplant was are, are, are we interested in that well yes sure okay i'll look it up then right, i'm looking well, it up while you're looking at that I'll, I'll continue here so uh emma goes to seth's and he's there now he's shown up uh and she finds out that oh. seth hasn't been answering his phone because he's been in jail because his print was out of that glass they had him in custody um and so he's kind of mad at her. He's like, I'm not going to go with you. She's like, all right, well, give me the keys to the condo. I know you still have them. And he's like, all right. And he gives them to her. And then she kind of guilts him into going. And he ends up joining her anyway. This guy who was just put in custody because of her is now going to the condo again. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, but sometimes your brain gets clouded. You well, know? Back, she, to, back she, to the scene of the crime. She wants him to go with her. 
She begs him to go. He's like, no. She's like, no, come on, come on, come on. So he goes as soon as they get into the condo. Like, I'm talking the moment they're in the door. She's like, okay, now go get my mom and have her call Detective Roberts. Okay, so I she, love like, that she's bossing all these men around. But, like, well, what, isn't it? You know how you talk about dickmatized, someone get dickmatized? Mm-hmm. A guy can all, oftentimes get, like, a... Uh, uh, what would, what would be the word? A vaginitimized? Vaginitized? You know? Yeah, vaginitized. You know, yes. it's like the same thing. Your brain gets kind of cloudy. You're like, I just got out of jail. Sure, you know. I do love that she's barking. I do love that she's barking orders, though, and everyone's listening to her. Conceptually, I I understand why she used Mark. Here, I don't understand why she made Seth go with her if she didn't want him there and she wanted him to go do this other task anyway. Well, she's delegating. She's learning her delegating skills. Yeah, she's delegating. Do you guys want to guess what year the the first heart transplant was? I'm going... 1890. I'm going to say 1904. Oh, wow. You guys are very different guesses. It says December 3rd, 1967. Uh, oh, gosh, really? Heart was, it says the oh. first transplant was, yeah, first heart transplant performed oh. from a 25-year-old woman fatally injured in a car accident into Louis Washkensky, a 53-year-old South African grocer dying from chronic heart disease. And then isn't it when you get a heart transplant, like, did he start, like, wanting to put on makeup and, like, you know, well, let's date not boys? Assume, let's not assume things about Louis Waskanksky. No, but... He's probably still... He might still, still be alive. But don't well, they say that... But don't they, don't they say that sometimes when people get heart transplants, they pick up <laughs> aspects of the person's personality that the heart came from? Like that's a movie. Like, like, you know, they're vegetarian, and then all of a sudden they start, like, wanting, like, pork chops. No, or, but that could be, you know, yeah, that could be, like, a movie. This, this uh, you know, grosser. Wrong heart transplant. He becomes, like, a college co-ed student because he has his right. own heart. Played by wrong. Adam Sandler. Yeah, perfect part for Adam Sandler. On Lifetime. Yeah. Well, Will Ferrell's been on life. Will Ferrell's been on Lifetime. And Kristen Wiig. Yeah. Uh, so, where are we now? So, so Seth goes to the the mom. So, like Roberts now, Detective uh, uh, Susan Collins. She gets her files. She gets the USB drive with the nine one one call. It's very short. Uh, she now has footage of someone near the garage. Okay. No, but now was there a camera? Was there like a big hidden camera? Not a hidden camera. Well, I mean, it was just like a normal surveillance camera, and you only see oh. a a woman outside the parking garage. You don't really get, you can't really tell right away who it is. Oh. Um, and so then Emma is in the apartment in the condo, and she's, uh, she puts on this like sexy dress from the lingerie <laughs> closet. And she's taking these selfies, and then she calls Harkin to lure him to the condo. Mm-hmm. But she's there alone. She's there alone she's right now. Yeah, she's got a plan. So, okay, but, a, yeah. but I was gonna say, but a bad plan because she's there by yeah. herself. Have we? She sets up a camera. Oh yeah, but she sets still. up her her cell phone in her purse in the most obvious spot ever to record. 
it, she basically puts it like front, front and center, right in front of what she wants to record. So yeah, you can look over there. Yeah. Yeah. She could have invested in one of those little tiny cameras, but in these movies, they always have to. It's lifetime. Cameras. Yeah. And the fact that even though she's filming it, she doesn't have any protection. Like, she's just there by herself. Right. Right. So uh, the mom goes in Emma's room and figures out, oh, there's a giant ladder for my daughter's bedroom. She's not home. So mom goes into a tailspin, goes in her closet, gets her gun. (gasps) A gun. And she heads to the condo telling dad, hey, you. And and so like right as she's about to leave, um, uh, uh, what's his face? Seth shows up. He's like, you have to call Detective uh, Susan Collins. And so the mom's like, I'm going. Honey, you call Susan Collins. Because I've got a gun. Yeah. I do love, like, all of the women are, like, barking orders at their men. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Poor guys. So this is definitely, like, a female empowerment movie. Excuse me. I blew my nose. Uh, Yeah, I guess so. These guys are getting pushed around. Because all the women are telling the guys, like, sit down, shut up, and do what you're told. And they do it. So back at the condo... Like, Harkin's there now. He and Emma are having a drink. Um, But then she says something to him about the, you know, faking the suicide. Like, you're murdering her and it's a suicide. And he's like, wait, what are are you talking about? Like, like, it basically cops to, like, hey, I know what I was doing was statutory rape, but there was no murder that that I was involved in. Mom shows up. All the detectives are oh, arriving. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, did I? What did I skip? You missed it. She, she, she kept trying to frame him in the shot because he was standing up the whole time. Oh, yeah, so yeah, she yeah, needed yeah. him. She needed him to sit down so he'd be in the shot. Yeah, yeah. shot. Oh. So she keeps saying, oh, so sit down, sit down, take a load off, sit down, sit down, okay, yeah, sit yeah. down, will you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're going to hurt yourself. Sit down, sit down. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I don't think he ever did. I think he did finally sit down. Well, he did, and that's when he realized there was a camera there. When, when he, because it's yeah. when he was like having his big reaction about like, wait, I didn't know about this like murder thing. Um, so mom's there. Detectives arrive. Mom fires the gun. Nobody shot though. Oh, and then, so she just came. She yeah. just came in shooting. Got yeah. guns blazing. And so then, uh, detective uh, Susan Collins arrives and arrests Sharon, the mom, for attempted <gasps> murder of Harkin oh, yeah. and for the murder of Constance. Okay, that's a good twist. Yeah, but they, they kind of hinted at it like all throughout the movie. Um, that's a good twist, actually. And, and then they cut to the interrogation room, and it's like, you know, the scene in a Bond movie where the, the evil person is like recounting their entire plan. Like, mom is talking about, like, she... Uh, the, as soon as she saw Constance that day, she knew that she had to be the one and that I would do anything for my daughter. Um, then they cut to the uh, detective Susan Collins talking to the dad that Kurt hates and Emma basically uh, saying, Hey, your wife is a murdery trash bag. I don't hate him. Well, doesn't oh, now he's got to step. Now he has to be a, well, he has to step now up. he has yeah. to have responsibility. Yeah. 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 So there you go. I do like this twist, though. Yeah. And so then, 
cut to Seth. It's like, you know, it's a little bit of a flash forward. I don't think they said how far, but like it's Seth is back. Six months. Oh, did it? Okay. Six months, yeah, six later, months later, Seth's back in town and there's like a schmaltzy ending with them deciding they're going to date. The end. They're going to go on a date right now. They walk out holding hands. Aw. Well, all right. So, and, this and Dad approves. Dad didn't like the sports boyfriend, but he likes this one who was in jail. <laughs> well, you know, Dad Dad found out he was married to a murderess. Well, to be fair, the kid was only in jail because he was helping the dad's daughter. True. Yeah, that's true. And the dad, but the dad is like, you know, I was married to a murderess, so it's not like I can judge or anything. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think I think this movie would have made me irate until the mom reveal. Hey, one little element we missed. Um, I wrote here is that while she was trying to film the guy and get information, she's she this is just right. She like she tries to blackmail him, and she says she wants a hundred thousand dollars and a summer internship. Yes. <laughs> would that when, be a paid intern she didn't specify paid internship well, I, I, I guess hundred thousand dollars payment enough right well that's separate okay now why did she want an internship i think she was just tr- well because like he was in a similar field remember he came and spoke at her debate club but i think yes. it, it was more oh. of a she's trying to get this guy to admit to Doing stuff for young women in exchange uh, for sexual favors. I love though that she's all about she's all about her education. Yeah. <laughs> oh well. Yeah. Make the best of the situation. <laughs> she, she turns it into school credits and an internship. Oh, also, and, Seth is now. I'm sorry. Uh, no, oh, Seth yeah. is now a locksmith. Yeah, he's going got, to school, and now he's a locksmith. So, well, an apprentice. So an that, apprentice. That thousand dollars. That thousand dollars did not go to waste. Yes, it did. Because if he were, uh, if he were an actual locksmith, the, mo- the money was well spent. Now he has to go work for somebody else for free. So uh, why would you pay a thousand dollars for that? True. Hmm. True. Well, we'll see what they're doing in the sequel. Well. You know, the, you got you guys gave good descriptions. I felt like I was watching it. I felt like I watched it. And, and okay. did you I feel had, that it was good? I had the emotions. I had the emotions that went with it, you know. I got annoyed with the characters. Then, you know, I was pleasantly surprised by the twist. So it was good. Did you see the twist coming from the beginning, Kurt? Because I did. Uh... Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. The minute it was implied, like the minute I learned that it was her cousin's heart. Yeah. Like even when they introduced Harkin, I'm like this. I this is a misdirect. Like it's it's clearly the mom. Yeah, I think I think I did. Yeah, and, and the people in the movie were figuring things out a lot slower than you would think they would have. Well, you know, this is no yeah. wrong. This is no wrong movie. Yeah. You know, because in the wrong I, movies, Vivica yeah. always gets to it fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I had gotten that because because the way that it was sounding, I was thinking it was sounding like it might have even been like a switched at birth sort of a thing. I thought that it could potentially go down that path. Okay, 
I, I, that. To me, what as I was watching this movie, I was like, okay, the mom is the bad guy here, but I think we might find out that the crime is different than what we right. thought. I think, think we're gonna find out that the 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 mom her actual daughter was Constance and she gave her up when she was like a teenager or something and then we're gonna find out that Constance was like just a living nightmare so she killed her off and then she stole the other one to be her daughter like I thought we were gonna find something like that out it is lifetime it is the lifetime after all so in lifetime it's not so far fetched for something like that to happen indeed well gentlemen it is Almost 4 a.m. for me. So I Ah. am going... Well, I'm on actor's hours now. So, you know, festival hours, you know, I'll I'll roll out of bed around noon to go to yoga. My show isn't until 9 o'clock at night. So I don't have to be at the theater until like 8. So basically... how are the shows going? Well, I got a rave review in the Irish Times. That's awesome. Congrats. So thank you. So, which that basically means that you know once the review comes out and it's good, the rest of your run is a piece of cake because the word okay. is out. Yeah. So yeah, so I have shows every day until and then two on Saturday, and then I'm done, and then I'm speaking at a seminar on the last day of the festival. So that's why I'm here for another week. But if you want to get a hold of me, you can find me on my website, leskirkendallbarrett.com. Jason. Please, please, please rate and review us on whatever podcasting platform you listen to us on. Give us five stars. It helps more people find the podcast. A little side note, if you're one of the handful of people that has been listening to the podcast on Facebook, because it does post there, like within the Facebook platform, they are discontinuing their podcasting platform. So uh, find us another place. Uh, I don't know when that's being sunsetted, but I don't think we had a lot of listenership there anyway. But uh, I didn't know that uh, we were on there. Yeah, we are. Yeah, Uh, it automatically does it. Yeah, but uh, but you can still find us on Facebook and Instagram at Lifetime of Hallmark Podcast. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Big Shot Jason. Kurt? Sure, I'm at KurtFitzpatrick.com, Kurt with a K. Uh, I tweeted today for the first time in a long time, so you can find me. I forget what that handle is. Don't worry about that. But I, have, I have a new show called um, The Jester of All Maladies. Or the unbearable weight of massive Kurt. Uh, now, the Jester of All Maladies, which is going to be at the Indianapolis Indie Fringe in August. So you could look that up. And that's that's it. And I have another podcast. Uh, I have a podcast called The Reality Reading Rainbow, where I read books written by reality stars and try to make sense of them. Right now, I am talking about uh, the book caviar dreams on a tuna fish budget written by margaret josephs from the royal housewives of new jersey and also if you do happen to be a listener in ireland my show the real black swan is at the irish or at the uh, dublin international gay theater festival so check it out and i also have upcoming show dates in Cincinnati, Ohio, at the Cincinnati Fringe, uh, 
I booked a one night only in Indianapolis on June 16th and more dates to come. And I guess that's it. So I'm going to bed. Bye. Good night. (laughs)